are the people I truly serve. coffee and this is year zero today a little hangout session with the artist formerly known as top lobster aka danny we just hang out and chat get to know each other a little bit have a really fun interesting conversation i think all of you will enjoy but first in competition with Top Lobster is Ryan Bunting at ryanbunting.com. For all of your graphic design needs, go to ryanbunting.com. Ryan Bunting is a good libertarian and anarcho-capitalist. He's also a great graphic designer. He designed my podcast logo and Pete Quinones' podcast logo. So go to ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs. As always, thank you, Tom Burton, for the music. And if you're interested in supporting the show and learning autonomy to improve your life, your marketing skills, check out the affiliate links below. All right. I'm here with Top Lobster. What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, what's up, Tommy? How you doing? How's it going? Doing well, doing well, man. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad I'm your first solo. This is going to be interesting. You're popping my cherry. Yeah. 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 No more <laughs> orgies for you, sweetheart. <laughs> that was a gangbang, man. Quincy came in. <laughs> Quincy went I knew, I knew as soon as fucking uh, Medic was like, uh, Scott was like, yeah, y'all should do a truckers episode with, with Q and Tommy. I was like, oh, Reed has no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reed, I'm, Reed told I'm, me. I've done two episodes with Quincy before, so I know him fairly well. Yeah, I was I was actually scrolling through your uh, I was scrolling through your podcast list, and my my wife was like, "Oh, who's the guy you're gonna go on with?" And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like the the lineup that you had there, I'm like, "I don't I don't know if I belong here, man." <laughs> oh yeah, man, you're you're one of the crew nowadays, man. You're I know you're, you're part of the Liberty Crew. Holy shit! How did that happen? Oh, you worked your ass off, dude. You made some good ass fucking product. Appreciate that. Sounds, but yeah, it totally, sounds like I'm talking meth with you. <laughs> we're going to go cook in my basement, you know? <laughs> I told I told Reed, uh, well, he, he texted me. He said, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know the guy Q, but I think I'm just going to wing it. And I was like, oh, you don't know Q? <laughs> you know, like, you're going to find out today. <laughs> but people seem to love it, man. Even a, a Scott Horton messaged me privately and said that he, he thought it was pretty badass. And I was like, almost fell out of my chair. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, Scott's a cool dude, man. Uh, he's a he's a lot of fun. He doesn't he he always he always tells me every time we talk. He's like, I was I used to be funny before I started digging into all this shit and got so miserable. <laughs> yeah, he's man. He's he's like on point. He's like one of those uh one of those hounds. Once once you set him on something, man, he's going deep in it. It's yeah. it's great though. I've yeah. I've read uh, I, well I'm reading through his uh the great Ron Paul. But I've read the other two books that he has, and holy shit, you know, if, if you if you want to do a deep dive into something, my goodness, 
Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't read enough already yet. That will be the next book I read, actually. And I keep saying that, but I keep finding myself down these fucking rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, and enough already is sitting on my shelf, mine, and it, he sent me and my wife each one autographed, which was sweet uh, of him. He, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. I was planning on buying it anyway, but... So I'm going to have to buy some copies and send out to some people just because he sent he sent us two copies. That thing, and then in the future, it'll be a travesty if that thing's not worth, like, you know, some good money in the future. That guy's that guy's a legend. But I, I just got your boy Ryan Bunting's book today. So yeah, my, I, saw, uh, I saw that. Yeah, my daughter was, like, stealing it from me. But, my man, my book queue is going to be so long. I have, like, probably 10, maybe 15 that I'm behind. So I see something. I'm like, I got I got to get this before they censor it on yeah. Amazon or whatever. They change yeah. the words. Yeah. So yeah. I'm- yeah. No, you're, you'll enjoy uh, Project Manicore. Um, I, I like how Ryan wrote it. I mean, I read it in three days. Like, uh, oh yeah. W- once you start digging in, the story just rock and roll from get the word go. Yeah. So I, I love I, those I like kind that. of books. Yeah. yeah. Stephen King used to be like my favorite kind of sci-fi. Uh, you know he'll dabble in horror and stuff but then yeah. yeah it's just ever since i found out like these people are just real like complete idiots it's it's kind of hard to uh <laughs> hard to <laughs> delve hard to into this stuff seriously anymore <laughs> yeah man it so many things have died this past maybe man, i don't know two three years especially the last year so many things have died for me that i used to love and now i just can't seem to enjoy anymore you know oh. yeah yeah, sorry. I'm trying to get this dog to stop chewing on my arm while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he fits half my damn arm in his mouth. Like from my wrist to my elbow, it's almost in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Big ass gator jaws and shit. Oh, man. Leave him alone for an hour, man. Just <laughs> eat him afterward. <laughs> he does this to me every time I get on a podcast for the first 30 minutes. He'll be fucking with me. Because he thinks oh, he thinks if I'm talking, I ought to be talking to him. He can't stand. Yeah. He's he's super jealous. Probably doesn't make a lot of sense that you're talking into what do you, I guess you're using your phone right now. <laughs> well, no, I, I got my laptop set up, my mixer, my microphone. I'm all. I, yeah, so I carry all this shit in my truck with me. You're talking so. into like this flat box. He's like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I had my phone in my hands, he probably he wouldn't be messing with me. It's because I'm talking. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jealous yeah. kids syndrome. I got it. Yeah, he does the same thing when my wife calls. I'll be wearing my headset when my wife calls, and I'll be talking to her, and he'll be asleep in the chair next to me. And as soon as I start talking to her, he looks at me like, "What? What you got? <laughs> what are we doing? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. I ain't talking to you." Oh so, man, yeah. He just dogs, he thinks I ought to be. Dogs are great, man. Dogs are great. Yeah, there was a, there was like a few years where I was obsessed with like Caesar Milan and. And all that kind of stuff, like training dogs. Yeah. And I have I have an Australian Shepherd, and I guess like just absolutely obsessed with training him, doing the tricks. We did agility and shit like that, man. But Wait, when you, you you have the environment for it up there for an Australian Shepherd. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> In New York, man, my man, my yard is like a little concrete box. I, I feel bad for him. Really? Need, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was being a smartass. Yeah. I I know. I know they, those they, are some energetic fucking dogs, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we were bringing him. He was like jumping over those, uh, like the rings and all that. He, he loved it. Did great. But yeah, time constraints, you know? Yeah. No, I feel you, man. So 
How long you plan on staying in New York with all this crazy shit going on? Is it as bad as everybody says it is? Um, I don't, I don't really know what every like what everyone is saying. I, I guess people are saying that it's like a disaster. Like, oh yeah, they're saying it's like a ghost town now. You know, it was a ghost town. I it, when COVID first started, I drive one of my routes. Sometimes I'll take it uh, through the city all the way up to Midtown and all that, and there was no one around. And now it's actually. I was there the other day and there's, there's a lot of people. It's just, everyone's wearing masks and uh, people are still really skittish of each other, but it's, it's a shit place to be, you know, in general, when things are going great, I think it's not a good place to be. Right. Everyone is stacked up on top of each other and, and kind of angry. And that, that's kind of, that, that's the attitude here. If you if you know people from New York, you could, you could spot them out in a crowd real quick. Cause I'm that way too. Kind of a uh, standoffish, you know, yeah, so I, I used to I used to run up there every once in a while, and maybe it's just my personality, but I always got along with everybody up there because they're no nonsense. They don't. It, it's like it's quick to the point. They're witty, and you know, but they're right in your face at the same time. I like that. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have to. I don't have to guess. You know, as to where you're coming <laughs> from. You know, like that's cool with me. I, I, don't, I ain't got time to think about your thought pattern too much. You know, so well, country country people. Was. They tie you up or something? Huh? Country people tie you up like uh, a conversation? No, it's not not like that. I mean, some people will. But I think there are people like that everywhere. But but there are are places where I would say like Dallas is a place where you never can't quite get to the point with the people that live there. It's always kind of like you're dancing around something and it's like, kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? man? Where <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Where are we going with this? Like, <laughs> yeah, no people from New York. Yeah. Here, I've been sitting here for 10 minutes and I don't know why I'm sitting here. Like I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> people from New York will tell you to fuck off real quick if they don't want you there. And they'll yeah. tell you exactly what you need. There's yeah. actually this place in Florida. I went to it was a pizza shop that tried to be like New York. So they gave, it was just ridiculous. They gave you like a two foot slice. And the the whole thing about them was that uh, the people that worked there were just mean to you. And they were like, oh, it's New York style. Like big that, pizza and were mean. But was that like Dick's Last Resort or some shit like that? I don't remember. It was in Hollywood, Florida. I don't remember the name. But I was, I was telling the, the people, I was like, New York isn't like, it. they're not dicks. They're just kind of like, what do you want and keep moving, you know? It's, it's fair enough. Don't waste my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when they got they brought down um, Katz's to Houston, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is it? It's like New York, you know, twenty four hour diner or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, we left a bar one time and, and went there, but I, don't know. I wasn't that impressed. I was just kind of like, all right, whatever. It's not so great over here either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't that memorable. I was just kind of like, okay, well, it's something new. It's right in the middle of Montrose. Let's go check it out. You know. So hey, don't quote me, but I think I think that they actually shut down this pandemic over here. I, they I, they may have. I haven't been to, I haven't been to Houston to do much of anything in a long time. I drive yeah. through, I drive through there every week, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as far as yeah, as far as the shutdowns and all that go, uh, yeah, New York. There's a lot of things closed. There's a lot of like uh, cognitive dissonance with the people too that I see, where you know it's it's heavily Democrat, but they almost don't want to admit that this is the policy that they voted for, or that they you know advocated for. 
Right. They'll, they'll fight you to death for it. And, and meanwhile, you know, they're on unemployment or their business is out, you know, shit like that. Kids can't go to school. It's, it's a really weird place to be, especially like for someone who's who's like becoming a well, not becoming, but who has been an anarchist now for like probably like a year and a half, probably. I'm starting to, you know, starting to really open my eyes to all this and the insanity that I thought was normal before. Right. Well, you've lived there all your life. Yeah. I would guess by your accent. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't no, help it. So, is it really that thick? Does it really come off no, like that? I, I, no, it's not like horrible, but I can hear it. Like I know, I I can tell. Like I'm like, oh, this is one of those fucking northeastern motherfuckers. Man, when I'm here and I'm talking to people that are here, they'll tell me that I'm speaking too, uh, not speaking too white, but speaking too proper because like, <laughs> my dialect is kind of like in the middle yeah. as far as you know with the people that I talk with. <laughs> That's all right. You ever? Uh... Talk to those Philly guys, man. You want to talk about some accents? Oh, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, or yeah, yeah go up to Boston. I just, Jeez. I just, yeah, I just fucking recorded one of them fucking Philly motherfuckers yesterday. I, I don't even know what the hell we were saying. I was like, I, I just, I was just responding. Sorry, Dave, Dave, Dave versus Goliath. Um, oh wait, he's from. Is he from? I thought he was from. He lives, uh, he lives in Delaware. But he's, oh, but he's from Philly. Yeah, I'm giving him a hard time too because Ryan's from the Philly area too. He's got oh, one okay. of the fucking accents. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I don't talk shit about Ryan at least one time in my podcast, whether it's my intro or sometime during the show, I'm not doing my job. I got to talk <laughs> shit about my boy. Yeah, dude, Ryan's a cool dude, ass dude. You're on my mic cord, man. <laughs> yeah, put him on screen. <laughs> on uh, his show. He's down at my feet. He's like <laughs> being spoiled. He's like, oh, you won't pet me and play with me, so I'm going to lay on your feet. <laughs> Yeah, Dave. Dave versus Goliath is a cool dude, man. I, I like uh, I like a, the, a lot of the production that he does with his podcast and stuff like that. It's uh, I, I feel like I feel like with him and uh, like Josh Smith and there's a couple other guys that are really like doing a almost a production with their right. show. It's a good thing because we're moving almost like a late night show. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah, it has that feel to it. And it's it's like we're moving the culture of uh, whatever libertarianism or whatever you want to call it, freedom, let's say, into uh, into something that that could be more not mainstream, but just just something that like maybe people recognize or like that's like really attractive. And I think that that's a good idea. That's uh, one of the reasons why I started to to draw and do this this kind of like liberty based shit, you know. Well, you do some really good shit, man. I really the one that. Uh, of Scott Horton is still my, <laughs> I, I love that fucking shirt, man. Yeah. It's, that is one it's of the great. coolest fucking cartoons I've ever seen. I was like, that is fucking Scott. He's just like, hold on. I don't care what you're saying. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like pointing at you. So I was watching uh, it's always sunny, obviously. And I was like, Oh, that's a great scene. And that, that scene with Pepe Silva reminded me of him. Like when he gets on like these frantic rants, when he's talking about, whatever i don't know the mujahideen or some shit like that and i was like i think i can make this happen so i i drew it up and i sat on it for a while and i was like i want to put it on a shirt or something but i said you know what let me just take my chances and i put it up and i tagged him and he followed me and then i dm'd him and i was like hey man can i can i put this on a shirt he's like go ahead bro so i (laughs) said such a cool guy so I, i sent him a couple of shirts and stuff like that and uh and i actually made him his own variation for uh 
I think the Libertarian Institute has an affiliation with a, a t-shirt company. I forget the name. Yeah. So I made him his, I, ho- hopefully they're selling that and doing whatever. And, and I did a, I did one for Pete, for Pete Rain, for uh, Pete Quinones also. I don't know what if you saw it? that one. I haven't seen that one. I have to, I'll have to check. He's like, uh, like the guy from 300 and, and uh, like the movie picture where he's kind of oh, coming at you. The, is that where the, the picture of him with the helmet on comes from? No, that's Dave vs. Goliath. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the Magneto helmet, yeah. Yeah. Th- this one I drew, uh, he- he's like kind of coming at you screaming. And instead of a sword in his hand, it's a, the microphone, like oh, an old okay. school condenser mic. Oh, So, nice. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they, you know, they're raising some money for the Libertarian Institute with that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's cool, man. I I haven't seen that one. I'll have to I'll have to look out for it. I'll post it up. I'll post it up later. Check it out. I'll, I'll go walking around with Pete across my chest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pete, man, Pete is a cool ass dude too. I haven't I haven't really uh, spoken to him formally, but really cool dude. He comes I, I he comes from where pretty much where I come from, so I'm like I relate to him a lot. I listen to that show and I'm like, I feel you, man. I'm going down that black hill rabbit hole with you, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love I love Pete. I was I was messaging with him last night, just bullshitting. Yeah, he's yeah. a good he's a good dude. Yeah, his uh his uh not I I wouldn't call it a transformation, but his uh his path and ideology really kind of molded what I'm what I'm thinking now. At first, uh, you know, he was he was really he was really black pilled, and I was kind of like put off by it because I was like, ah, I don't know. But the more the more I look into it, and the more I read, and the more I obviously and, and study, I kind of I, I really understand what he's talking about and where he's coming from. And it's not not necessarily that everything is lost, but I I, I do appreciate people like that, man. There's some deep thinkers in the society. Yeah, I think I think Pete. I, what, one thing I've noticed with Pete, which I think is really cool, and I think that's why he and I get along so well, is it seems like our our minds run parallel with each other. Like mm. when, whenever I'm starting to take a turn, I'll look and see what he's doing. And it happens to be like exactly where I'm at. And yeah. so I, I bounce a lot of stuff off of him because I'm like, I respect, I respect the way he thinks about things and I respect his knowledge and his wisdom. And mm. so whenever I'm, whenever I'm running through things in my head, I'll, I'll shoot over it at him. I I bother the fuck out of that guy. I'm serious. I'm sure he's like God, <laughs> this motherfucker again. What the fuck? But yeah, I, I'm always bouncing shit off of Pete. Like whenever I have an idea or I'm thinking about something, like he's the person I turn to and is like, "Hey, what do you think about this? I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking maybe moving this direction." Yada yada yada. And mm. uh, he's always been really supportive and really helpful to me. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I I met him. I think, man, I think I met him. He had, he was 80 episodes in to Free Man Beyond the Wall. And, uh, and wow. we, I was following him on Twitter, but I wasn't real active on Twitter up until this year. But I would get on Twitter every once in a while and, uh, I would, I would chat with him on Twitter and then we, and we became friends on Facebook and shit like that. And when I started my show, he was one of the first people I asked to come on my show. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. And he, and he did it. And it's like, sometimes I'm kind of like, it, it feels a little bizarre to me that these people are like, oh, they're, they're actually talking to me. But it's such a down to earth crew. And they're kind of like open to you know, they're open to a lot of a lot of ideas and people. But one of one of his ideas that that uh, sorry to cut you off. No, you're but 
I'm, I'm, had... I'm still fucking with this dog, man, so don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> you talk as much as you want. <laughs> put, put some peanut butter down there and you'll be right. <laughs> That's so uh, one of his ideas, or I get, uh, the, the people he's had on, like uh, he's had on a uh, so bird artist and people like that, that kind of discuss these like far left. I, I don't know if far left is the right way to put it, but these kind of uh, diametrically opposed thinkers, then like Kratomkin or uh, Sololinsky, people like that. I think there's a lot of value in that. And, it's been, and Scott says it too, you know, you want to attack the left from the left, and that's probably the best way to do it. Right. Really understand their ideology probably better than they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've read uh, I've read one of Kropotkin's uh, essays, man, and it, it was the moral, what is it called? The Morals of Anarchy or Anarchist Morality, something like that. One is something in that, along those lines. And it's really good. And it was one of his early essays. He's actually making uh, a really, it, it's really kind of a voluntarist argument from uh, a left point of view, from like a communist point of view. It's really an interesting essay to, to read and, and look at and study because the, he is, when you really dig down into what he's saying, he is making a voluntarist argument. And he's basically mm-hmm. saying all these people that want to be autonomous and live their own lives like the agorists or whatever, as long as they're not fucking with you and stopping your commune and your socialist, you know, manifest in your community, like, let them do their thing, man. Like, they're not even worth the time. And I, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. I guess that would fall into anarcho-communist ideology or whatever you like to call it. Do you, do you think that that can exist in an ANCAP society? I mean, do you think ANCAPs can exist in that kind of a society? I don't, man. I guess it really depends on when, see, because I kind of come, I, I lean more to Volterine Declare's idea that there would not be, that these isms, the communism, the capitalism, all this shit is, is a symptom of government. And government mm. intervention and that when you get the government out of it things will just it'll be like chaos you know it's like order ordered chaos you know what i'm saying it was just kind of in not chaos in a bad way it'd be like you would figure out how you want to cooperate on a on a social level on an economic level on an individual basis so yeah you'd have some people working and living in communes you'd have some agorist activity but when you get that monopoly on violence when you get that violence out of the society and drag it out of the society you see things like you see in Tehran mm. all right so i don't know if you're familiar with Tehran Tehran's this uh little town in Mexico uh in the Michoacan province oh i thought you were talking about Iran oh, yeah okay i i i'm familiar but but oh, go ahead okay yeah they kicked out all the politicians all the cartel members all the police this that and the other and uh they basically they monitor their borders you know with armed security 24/7 and the mexican police sit right outside the borders of the city and fucking you know are checking people going in and coming out <coughs> excuse me and um but they they live kind of communal, but they also have some capitalism going on. They have all kinds of shit going on in that. And so I look at the panarchist, like 
model. And I think that's really more what would happen because you can't, I could never guess how you're going to interact with society. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, I couldn't make that decision for you. I couldn't, I couldn't even guess what issues and what troubles I'm going to, you know, come upon that are going to make me change in certain ways and, and kind of veer left or right and move into like a commune or away from communes, you know, or whatever. Like, I can't predict all that. So I think the panarchist like idea of how society would be structured. And if anybody's interested, I would say, go read Voltaire declares, um, essay on anarchism. Now Voltaire declare, she was a collectivist. She was a communist, a mutualist, a syndicalist, eventually an individualist, and then settled on this particular idea that, well, no, like all these anarchist trains of thought, they have like great and brilliant thinkers coming up with these, these ideas and these philosophies, but not, they all suffer as Mises would call it from the knowledge problem. Nobody knows like you don't know. So there would be an ordered chaos in which you're just cooperative. You're, you're trying to figure it out as you go along. Um, and if you look at Morsnet, I don't know if you've ever read on Morsnet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a essay at Mises.org. I want to say it's called, um, a hundred. What is it? Oh, wait, I think it's a century of anarchy or something like that. And it's talking about Morsnet. Morsnet was this little, it was a mining town that sat in between the borders of these two countries. And the, it, it just sat there and they just did their own thing and had their own structure and lived their own way for like a hundred years before Britain sent in the fucking national guard to fucking stomp on the necks of all these miners. You know, but they were living peacefully and had their was were figuring it out on their own, you know, didn't have this large governmental structure over their head. And so when I look at things like that, I'm like, I don't think I don't think put carrying it down to a binary uh, as far as anarcho-communism, anarcho-capitalism is really a fair assessment because everybody's going to intermingle with everybody else differently. Like the way I treat my neighbor right next door to me is going to be differently than the bag lady at market basket, you know, the grocery store down the road, you know, so there's going to be these, there's always this almost a hierarchy of, you know, relations in your life and the way that you relate with people and interact with people is always changing. And it's, 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 it's always fluid. So Hmm. I think that's kind of what you would see in society without a government, you know, with their wear boot on your neck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you use the word fluid. It kind of like made me think to uh, like a Thaddeus Russell. He was he was uh, talking to talking with Clint about uh, postmodernism. It got kind of heated. But there is there is something there is something to that. The, the freedom of uh, let, let me say this. So obviously the, the name Top Lobster, I came from uh, from like a right wing kind of background and that kind of what that's what influenced me in here so jordan peterson and then then you you go to like i don't know ben shapiro and then fucking these people and then you realize they're assholes and then you come all the way down to the to the logical well yeah to the logical foundation of where i'm at now but then but then you start to 
question even more because Jordan Peterson will, will like rail really hard against Foucault and postmodernism and say like, uh, you know, that, that, you know, ideas are final and there's not really much fluidity to what goes on, but that's not true either. You kind of, you, you reach a point where you think, you know, what's going on and then you have to break that foundation and then, and, and pulse through that also. And yeah, I, I think, I think you're right I, with, uh, with, with the fluidity of how we're going to interact with people. It's just completely unpredictable. And that's a, you know, that, that's kind of what makes me interested. That's why I'm, I'm going on Twitter a lot because the people that we interact with that we're in like the group chat with and all that, they're, these are some interesting people. And what I love about them is that I don't know what the fuck they're going to say next. It just keeps it. Most of it's hilarious, but it's stuff that I would have never thought to type myself, you know, right? like a, a press F in the chat for Neo Connor remover, man. Like that, that guy's his whole timeline of the shit that he was posting. It's like, it's just insanity, but it's kind of like, it's just anarchy because my brain would have never thought to put that up there, yeah. you know? And, and then uh, I think his original, uh, his original uh, profiles back. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't follow it. Uh, I, I got I got banned from my old Top Lobster and then I, I made this iteration and I didn't follow him. So I don't, he hasn't accepted me. So if you see this, I guess accept me or don't, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if yeah. he, I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I Honestly, I, I can't keep track uh, of everybody that <laughs> I interact with. I'm like, I, I love all you people. And I have like kind of like my small group that I'm always interacting with. And then everybody else, I'm happy to add you to any group that you want to be added to, like, because I have so much trouble. I might just eventually have to start a Discord or something just so I can keep up with all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. We're going to try to put this in front of his face or, I don't know, El Popo's face or whoever's going to watch this. Come on, man. Press the accept button. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> did, you see, did you see the drawing I did of him uh, not too long ago? I... Uh, he, he was on Josh Smith's show, so I did like just... Oh, yes, 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 I did. <laughs> with the pizza in the background. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's one of those where like, as I'm drawing it, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> it's insanity. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, the, like, like you said, the, the fluidity of interaction between people is really fascinating. Um, Michael Malice made a good point, and I, I kind of bring it up to the normies that asked me about, well, well, what would you do in a society without government? What would you do here? I, I, I tell them, you know, the most anarchist thing you can think of is, is probably language. It's it's not really it's not state mandated and it's not state funded. It's not no one's forcing us to speak the same dialect. As a matter of fact, I speak a different dialect, apparently, according to you, and, and you speak different to me. But we, we agree on terms that we could uh, talk to each other about, like when I was using the word anarcho-communist or anarcho-capitalist, I'm just using terms that I think that we can express points with, but I don't necessarily have better words for at, at the moment because I'm dumb. But uh, yeah, so, you know, language, I think, is uh, is one of those things that are that it's constantly changing, too. And we can't predict which way it goes right now. It's kind of going in, in a stupid direction with like the slang that we use. But yeah, that's I think I think that's a really good example of that. What you got there, Tommy? <laughs> oh, it's just a cigarette, dude. I roll my own cigarette. Oh, oh very nice. He's, he's self-sustaining. Yeah, American spirit. Uh, you're not going to be able to hear this part of it very much, but yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, eat, eat shit, Joe Biden. Put menthol in my own stuff. <laughs> I, I do actually. I use menthol. Uh, menthol filters. 
<laughs> there's gonna be a black market for this shit soon can you imagine this unbelievable oh nice <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> I don't. I don't need your goddamn permission. And if they fucking make that illegal, I'll go buy like that little a uh, little tube of like breath mint, and I'll just squirt it on the end of the filter. I don't give a fuck. Imagine getting arrested for this shit. Yeah. Got well, smell you smell your cigarettes. This, this smells minty. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like a fucking pig. <laughs> it smells like bacon in here, bitch. <laughs> oh man, what did you think about uh, Biden's tweet the other day? Was it yesterday, maybe? catch that yeah i saw that i was laughing i actually um i don't know if you know uh david sanchez from havoc who was on my on my show a while back he was texting huh. me about it. he's like did you see this shit i was like oh yeah i, see I was like and the first thing i saw when i clicked on there was a uh, collapsitarian had posted a fucking meme uh of this dude like flipping him off he's like you suck my dick bitch and he's like you're fucking <laughs> throwing a middle finger i was like yeah, yeah. skip is mad cool man I like yeah. i've been following that guy for a while i like that guy <laughs> yeah man you know with with like joe biden when trump was president i was paying attention for like for the memes basically because it's really entertaining shit then joe biden became president i'm kind it's just like i'm not really gonna listen to what you say anyway but it's like maybe I could get some likes on this post. I don't know. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> what did you see today? Uh, it was on. Uh, I, I I retweeted it. I quote tweeted it, and it and uh, the FBI is going to charge people that have fake vaccine passports. And I was like, hold on. If vaccine passports aren't mandated, why do I need a fake one? <laughs> like, uh, you well, know, like, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> we're skipping uh, a step here. <laughs> yeah, you already, you already know what's happening. I mean, you know what's coming down the tube. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I got to get out of New York, man. This is going to be. We already have it here. I, uh, the Mets, the Mets just emailed me that they have their uh, newly vaccinated section. If I wanted to buy tickets to their vaccinated section yeah that's what dave versus goliath made that that meme about with the water fountains yeah that was unfortunate i mean it's a great meme it's just unfortunate like the response with the you know i guess the blue pill libertarians or not even blue pill it's just it's a meme guys and it, it really puts forward a like a good point so much so that it got you mad that's the point of a meme to right. kind of yeah it, it makes it it, it, put, it, it pressures you it, it pushes you. Yeah. Yes. If I ever see a meme, usually if I see a meme and it makes me mad, I stop and think about it first before I yeah. respond. Because that I'm like, why? why did that? Why did this trigger me? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, I don't I can't think of the last time I've been triggered by a meme. I just I'm, I, I guess I'm desensitized. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the last time I don't know. I don't even remember what it would be it, it is probably some stupid shit that the left put out there and i was like y'all can't fucking meme stop you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, oh. i stopped i stopped arguing with these people but like you know on you see me on twitter a lot and i'm like i guess i'm pretty amicable on twitter i say like you know because I, I surrounded myself with people who are who are cool maybe i right. think i'm still into i get my news from twitter like all the insanity of the world but on facebook i'm a whole it's a whole nother thing because these are people that I actually know and it like it enrages me on a different level. So it's not really like um, I'm being triggered. I'm just like, you know, how do you think this way? Like we've we've lived in this. We've lived the same life. We've walked down the same path, probably in the same state. Most of you 
And it's the insanity. One one person I know just posted that, uh, you know, uh, although the CDC has lifted the mask mandate for fully vaccinated people, they will not be taking their masks off unless they're around people who they fully trust, which is really it's really creepy. Just like people I fully trust when you when you think about that right. or, or if they're outside at a safe distance. Well, Rachel, Rachel Maddow said it perfectly. She said, when I see somebody without a mask, yes. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to rewire my brain so that I don't automatically think they're a threat. And me and Beep, Pete, boop, bop. me and Pete have been saying this from the, the get go last year. This is turning you into the threat. You are the terrorist now, you mm-hmm. know, like you are the you are the threat to, to everybody. So that's. And so it was, it was, but it was when they pull that fucking veil back every once in a while and say things, you're just like, finally, you had yes. fucking admitted it. You fucking admitted what it was all about. You know, it, it, it didn't look like it, it more and more looks like to me, not like somebody slipping, like a mask slipping. It looks like the meme where the, where they're, they're placing the chip into the, the NPC's head and it's saying, be enraged about this. She just told you her programming. That's her programming. Right. And now she has to have somebody put oop, put a different chip in her head to say, you know, uh, don't be so threatened by this. But but the insanity that comes with this until they mandate vaccine passports is going to be hilarious because there's going to be so much confusion. I already know a couple of people who said I've been going. I went inside the supermarket without a mask on and nobody says anything. And everyone's kind of confused. I mean, in, in Texas, New York. We've, we've been doing I know. that the whole time. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I'm you got you to think. Whenever they said, yeah, Texas lifted its mask mandate, I was like, there was a mask mandate? <laughs> <laughs> you got to think You got to think like you're think like you're in hell, like you're in the worst place possible, and then you're going to understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, these people wear the mask. That, everybody, in, I mean, in Brooklyn, I drive a truck all throughout all five boroughs, and I see young people masked, double masked, it's six o'clock in the morning. They're walking on like a, it's a six lane street. They're walking across the street. No one around for miles, double mask. It's just, I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what to do with it. I don't think, I think a lot of people say like, how could we reach them and how could we change their mind? I, I, I don't think we should be interested in that. I think these people will go with whatever the strongest messaging is. So I'm just going to keep working on putting out <laughs> artistic. I don't even propaganda. think it's going to be the strongest message. It's it's the official message, right? Hmm. They're appealing to authority. It's, it's all an appeal to authority. They're they're going <laughs> with the official message, and so you know, you and I, we don't think it, we think we see the official message, and we see it for the propaganda it is. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they don't see that. They just say, "Oh well, this is where I've always gotten my news." This is where I get my news. This is where I'm going to continue to get my news. So this is what I need to know. Yeah. And that's it. That's the official narrative. And they're just going to roll with it. Yeah. Why, like, why would, why would Don Lemon lie to me? It's like, cause he fucking hates your guts. Yeah. He hates you. They, yeah. These people despise you. And the sooner you realize that, the better, <laughs> but you know, they're laughing at you. Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, I, I saw a segment in the morning with one of the, uh, I forget whatever some lady's name, but she was saying that Fauci said that maybe adults that are vaccinated don't have to wear a mask, but if kids they don't they're not vaccinated, so they have to wear a mask. So she's walking with her daughter, and her daughter has a mask, and she doesn't, and she has to explain why. And it's like, yeah, I remember that. The, 
You remember that shit? Yeah. yeah. He's the one that uh, went after Trump. Like, and I, like, didn't, I didn't even know how to tell her. It's like, just yeah. tell her to take the fucking mask off. <laughs> just, tell, just tell your daughter you're an asshole. Your fucking child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that going I around. Saw, I saw one in Dallas, man, and I about fucking flipped my shit. And if I were more, if I were more interventionist, I would have said something to this parent. But they're walking. This little little boy couldn't have been more than two, three years old, and he had a, he had a mask on that said "masket" or "casket." <laughs> I actually have one. I, I actually like, <laughs> I made I made that mask, but it has like all NPCs on it, and it says <laughs> <laughs> it's a good seller, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's child abuse. There was I was at the park with my daughter um, a couple hours ago. And it was the same deal. Some kid, little little kid had a mask on. His mother didn't. So right away, I'm thinking the story that we just spoke about with that lady, like she right. was vaccinated. And it's like, man, these people believe like whatever they say. And so my daughter goes up and she wants to play because, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. And the parent kind of scurries off because I'm not wearing a mask or whatever. I don't know. It's the, the toll, the toll that this is taking on people on on um, um, my kids. That's why I'm so harsh to people on Facebook, especially, you know, my, my relatives or friends, friends. Um, it's because like what they allow and what they comply with, it's not just affecting me, which is fine. You know, I, I'm a grown man. I can do what I got to do and I'm, I'm preparing for what I have to do, but the effect that it's going to have on my kids in their future, right. you know, to that part, that part makes me kind of, uh, I don't know, skeptical or black pilled, if you if you will, is uh. So when are you moving to Texas? <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys are looking like you might turn blue, man. You got Elon Musk down there talking about uh that we should abandon Bitcoin and and we need to have a carbon tax. They they got to your boy, man. They got to him on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He showed him the Zapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So okay. yeah, no, but seriously, are you are you thinking about leaving? Or are you are you planning on leaving? That's the plan. We have the house up for sale. Um, we want to go. We're, most likely, we're going to go to Florida because that's where I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So all of my family moves to Florida. They go from either they go it's from Puerto tradition. Rico to New York. It's a tradition. It's just yeah, <laughs> they go from Puerto Rico to to Florida to to Kissimmee, Orlando. So heaven's, I want to move heaven's waiting room. Heaven. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, listen. It's not so great, but when you when you have kids, it's kind of uh, if if you have a support base around you, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I I spoke to my wife and I said, hey man, you know, in in a year or so or less than that, when when we're really ready to just bounce, like I, I'm thinking anything's off the table. So I'm looking at I am looking at Texas. I'm looking at other places. I'm not too crazy about the cold because I you know I dealt with that shit now my whole life every winter. You know. I want somewhere where it's going to be hot. Maybe you can grow food all year round. I want some land, some goats, some goats. Definitely. Yeah. I like, yeah, that's my, that's, that's the dream for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what part of Florida are you looking at? Uh, Northern Orlando. So I have some of, uh, some of my, like my, uh, relatives that I really love. They're in the villages, you know, where the old people are. Yeah. But there's a there's some land out there that's pretty nice, and it's tempting. They, they you can get a couple acres for a decent price. So I was looking at that, although it's still kind of, uh, 
it's not as secluded as as I would like for you know to, to bug out, but it's it's good enough to have a small homestead if I wanted to. And, and also, if I can make the you know if you can make the money work from whatever we're extracting from here, and go down there, and uh, we don't we don't have to you know do a both of us do a nine to five, and really kind of be a little self sustaining and then have our our stuff on the side. That's that's the ideal goal. Homeschool, uh, homestead if possible, and just kind of be sufficient away from, away from the nonsense as much as possible, but, but close to family. It's, it's a lot to ask. I, I saw you talking about uh, Louisiana and you made me feel like shit in one of your pockets. Cause you're like, there's a lot of land out here. You have a lake on your property, right? I have a pond. Yeah. A pond. Yeah. That's see, that would be great, but I don't like in Florida, I would, I don't think I would want that. You know, little kids and uh, some crocodiles in a in a lake or a pond or some shit <laughs> that doesn't mix. <laughs> you can put a fence around it, man. <laughs> I've seen them climb fences. I've seen those motherfuckers climb fences. Yeah, but at least you have a chance to get your gun. <laughs> true. That is true. Yeah, that head start popping up over you. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> now you know what? I I live in the swamp, man. I live in a really swampy part of Texas. I've never had an alligator on the property, not once. And I live, hmm. I live just just down the road from like a major bayou and uh yeah we haven't uh, now we've had coyotes out there we've had uh we've even had like full-grown like wolves on property um uh, deer uh right now we're dealing with fucking mice infestation in the house so i mean you got your own problems oh, whenever yeah they get in and you know you you're fighting to get them the fuck out right, once they get in there and uh yeah so you got your issues you know, out in the country. I mean, hmm. there ain't no doubt about that. It takes them getting used to. Um, I lived in Houston for 30 years, but I was always rooted in the country of Louisiana. And so it was, it wasn't a big adjustment for me. It was always something I wanted to do. I always wanted to get out of the city. I always hated Houston. So I was just like, as soon as the, the it, when my wife moved from South Africa, she was, she, uh, she was thinking, london or cape town when you would talk about cities and i was like i hate fucking cities she's like oh, i love cities she lived in she lived in katie on the west side of houston with me for two years she's like we got to get out of this fucking place i can't do this <laughs> shit no more yeah. <laughs> so yeah so, yeah we got did you see out. that did you Go see ahead. that article uh it's uh it's it said uh People that people that prefer to live in cities are tend to be psychotic, and there was like a, a whole double blind study on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah I agree. Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> fucking it insane. Is, well, yeah, I mean, I think living that close on top of people, it, it can it can drive you insane. It you lose you don't value human life as much, you know, it because I mean, there's so many people. You're like, yeah, we could. Eh. Yeah. Could lose a couple hundred yeah, thousand a, of these. We might be a little <laughs> overpopulated. I mean, you know, you know, yeah, you know, weed them out a little bit. You know, man, I'm I'm actually kind of upset that this virus wasn't what they said it was because <laughs> I've been saying for a while, like especially in the city, man, we need some kind of zombie apocalypse to clear this shit out. But right. we got like the cold, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I think the mask is what brought the zombie apocalypse on. Did you it's see Ben Armani? It's just a shame you anti-maskers aren't there out there clearing, clearing out the streets. Ugh, dude, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'll put I'll put the mask on and uh, I'll blend in with the sheep because 
it's not be it's the not gray it's man. not time yeah be, be the gray man yeah. yeah it's it's not it's not the time to pick your head up out of the crowd not just yet not, they, not gonna, where you're at no not yeah exactly Vin, Vin armani actually had he had the thing you're talking about with the zombie apocalypse it's kind of interesting because our our entertainment culture made uh I don't know if they made or if it happened organically, but like the Walking Dead and all this shit and World War Z, and they're talking about this stuff. It's the same thing. They got us ready for this. It's a, it's a mind bug, right? <laughs> and it's it's actually interesting. He blew my mind when I when I listened to that shit because it really is, and it's 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 like uh, I don't know when it, one of your one of your friends that you love gets bit, and now you're kind of like, what do I do? Do I put him out of his yeah. misery? It's the same thing, but yeah. they're getting bit by the mainstream propaganda. Media. Yeah, yes. get bit by yeah. propaganda. And, you know, those of us that were immune to it were, were those that were well read and, you know, uh, at least better read than, you know, the the others. And those we we kind of had this ability to kind of <laughs> see through the bullshit as, were as you, it was coming down. Were you immune to it immediately? Oh, yeah. Like when it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, was I, like, I was like, are you yeah. fucking serious? Like it's a it's a cold. <laughs> like every every cold out there is is a coronavirus like it's a fucking cold you know True, yeah like, yeah like i i just watched a video today is a this doctor from the uk and he was saying look if you if you're carrying around the cold virus like there's like a 98 percent chance you're immune to this in the first place like you were mm-hmm. never at risk at all <laughs> so all these asymptomatic people that you hear about it was it probably the reason they're asymptomatic is because they have a healthy immune system and they had a cold at some point and it just created a natural immunity for them yeah you know and then he's talking about the pcr tests and how much of a fucking crock of shit that is carrie mullis yeah that was a well he was uh he was saying what it is is the pcr test what happens is if you get any virus like in your mucous membrane or anything like that, eventually the virus dies and you're like coughing up little pieces of it. Well, whenever they scrape your nose, they're pulling out these dead cells of this virus and they're registering the dead cell of this virus. So if this, it, so if you tested positive for having even dead cells of a virus in your nose of a coronavirus, not even this particular virus, any coronavirus, mm-hmm. then, then they're they're labeling you as positive. Well, so like most people like didn't even have it, you know, like yeah. this actual virus. It could have come down with anything. It's you know? a case case demic, like uh, Ron Paul calls it, or uh, the guy, the other guy with I forget his name. I'm blanking Daniel out. McAdams. Yes, Daniel McAdams. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's a case demic. They, uh, but I, I'll tell you the truth, man. I I was a little freaked out in the beginning of this because I, I was kind. Of, I'm, I'm in I'm in New York, and uh, oh and yeah, then, you're right on top of everybody. So yeah, yeah, I'm, and, I'm by myself most of the time. So it's like all right, like whatever. Yeah, and you're spread out, so it's all good. But our governor did a fucking terrible job. He he was murdering people on purpose, <laughs> oh, and yeah. he'll get away with it. Yeah, yeah. So I saw those numbers, and actually at the time, my wife was uh, she was about to give birth to my son. So yeah. we were in the hospital. We were in the hospital at the time when uh, <clears throat> nobody had masks. 
because they told you don't wear a mask. And, right. and then they were like kind of like out of stock. People were hoarding them and, and all this stuff. And I was lucky because I had, well, lucky at the time, I had some N95s from my job where I used to, you know, like weld and do shit like that. So <laughs> I had a fucking N95 on in the hospital and so did my wife giving birth to my son. And now that I think about it, it's, it's just such a, it's it's like a, it really makes me fucking hate the state. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. It, it, it really, it didn't just renew, but it like, it really enhanced my hate of the state. I, I, I wasn't even going to be able to be in the room with, uh, with my wife as she was giving birth to my right. son because they were passing all kinds of, I don't know, mandates, mandates or whatever, but yeah, yeah, I made it in maybe like a day or two before they shut everything down. So I was already in the hospital. It's just, it's such a shit show, man. It's such a garbage place. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I, I, I know, a, I know a couple of people that had babies over the last couple, year and a half. And, uh, they, that, that was their main concern was how the hospital would handle it. Um, luckily I didn't know anybody that wasn't able to be in there for the birth of their child, but yeah, that's, uh, that was definitely, if you were ever going to catch it, that's probably where you were going to catch it. Oh yeah. I was, hospital, I was yeah. freaked out. Yeah. It's, it has that feel to it, that trapped in feel, you know, yeah. you're like, I'm definitely going to get sick here, but you know, I'm worried about my son. That's not even a day old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I bought into it for a little bit, man. I'm embarrassed to say, but, but after like a, maybe a month or so, I was like, all right, this is complete bullshit. And then, you know, then you start to break that paradigm of, well, what, well, what can I do? If, if this is real, what can I do? Oh, all right. They uh, take some vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D. I was, uh, I was taking uh, uh, quinine. This is a derivative of hydroxychloroquine that kind of kills the spike protein and zinc and shit like that. And I, well, I haven't had it and I haven't even really been sick. So I, I got, I got sick and see, this is one thing and I need to get Dr. Jack back on. I haven't, I talked to him last year whenever all this first started, I need to get him back on. Anyway, one of the things I was talking to him about was I hadn't been sick since like 2005. And then suddenly in like November Late November, early December of 2019. Uh, well, no, it was November because it was before my other dog died. So it was in November of 2019. I got like real sick, like real sick. I had never, I hadn't been sick like this in a while. And I was laid up in bed for, for a couple of days. I took a whole week off work. I never missed work. I took a week off work and I just laid in bed. I just, I, I laid there and, and read and slept. You know, and I was sleeping 13 hours a day, 14 hours a day. Yeah. And uh, figured it was just flu because nobody had heard of COVID yet, you know. And then then all this started in February. And I was like, maybe that's why I was so sick in November. So I started talking to some people I know. Well, some people, some plants in Texas where they process oil had shut down for a month wow! because all their employees got sick in October and were just passing around whatever this virus was that they had. So there was some people that were saying they believed that COVID hit America in August. And I'm one of the people that actually thinks that's possible because My there wife, was a lot yeah. of shit going on at the end of 19 that wasn't getting reported on, but you're like, 
Uh, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's why I got so ill. Maybe, you know, who knows? Cause I was sick. I was sick for three weeks. I ended up having to take one week off work, but, and which I never do. Sometimes I'll get a little cold. It'll kind of linger, you know, a, a, a week or two and just kind of fucking irritate me. But I always work. I never stop working. You know what I'm do saying? You, do you take any colloidal silver? No. I drink okay. beer and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Look into that. If you get if you get like an itchy throat or something, man, I'm dead serious. It's it's crazy. No, no I, I'm serious. You get it. You get it like an itchy throat. You know when you start to feel that, like uh, like oh shit, I might get a little cold. Yeah. I take I some sprays of colloidal silver and it's just I <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's some voodoo shit or maybe, but it doesn't. It's no, just, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really a I'm really a big believer in uh in in all that stuff. I the natural medicines and things like that. I, uh, I eat really healthy. My wife makes sure that we eat really healthy. She's always cooking me fresh food and, uh, making sure I have good food out here on the road and everything like that. So I do eat healthy. So I get a lot more vitamins than a lot of people do because the way I eat, she makes a lot of curries. So there's a lot of turmeric and things like that involved in our food. So, but yeah, I'll look into the colloidal silver. Yeah, my, I was gonna say my wife uh, when she was, I don't know, seven months pregnant. We went away to Lancaster, and that was around November 2019. Mm-hmm. And she got like it was like she was like deathly sick. It was crazy. We were only there for three days, and for two of them, she just we didn't even leave the Airbnb we were at. And then yeah. she just recovered and it was fine. But it was weird for her because she doesn't usually get sick like that. My mom, same same kind of deal, and. I don't know. It's it's very possible that that was here with us for longer than we thought. Right. You know, the government stayed a little quiet about it. I, I was actually listening to I forget which podcast. Well, Joe I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even blame the U.S. government at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say I wouldn't yeah. even blame the U.S. government at that point in time because China was was remember, they were arresting people who were trying to say something about what yeah. was going on. So yeah, that doctor died. Yeah, the they, that, were trying, yeah. They, were, they were keeping everything under wraps for a long time. Who knows how long they were keeping everything under wraps prior to us finding out what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't even, as much as I hate the U.S. government, I wouldn't even put, if that is what I got in 2019, if that is what caused, you know, the plants to shut down in 2019, that's one thing I would not blame on the United States government. They still yeah. belong in prison for war crimes, don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame the federal government, but I will blame the uh, the smaller interest parts of the government, like uh, the, the Fauci's of the world who did fund this virality. You saw that with Rand Paul, right? Yeah. 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 This motherfucker. You funded <laughs> you funded the doctor who was doing the gain of, of research, gain of function research. And then you, you lied about they they knew what was going on. Maybe not the entire scope of the government, but the people that had their hands in it. I, I had a feeling, I have a feeling that they, they knew, yeah. they knew what was up. It was, yeah, it was, but, but, uh, there was a, a guy on Rogan the other day that said, uh, there was a nuclear attack that was supposed to happen on New York and the government knew about it, but they said nothing. I forget what year it was. They, they just didn't say anything. They didn't want to make a panic. <laughs> Imagine that everyone's just chilling and just like yeah. midtown blows up. I mean, it would be my dream, but <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's that's. I mean, is it surprising they said nothing about nine eleven? They actually did nothing about nine eleven. They had all the intelligence that tell, told them it was going to happen. 
So much of the focus of my podcast is to point out abuses of power and how bad things have gotten and the direction in which we're heading as a society. And it can be a real black pill. I've partnered up with Richard Grove to offer my listeners an opportunity to sign up to his autonomy course. Uh, The autonomy course is designed for people looking for solutions, people that want to shape their own future, people that are not willing to be at the behest of large corporations or the United States government or the banking system. The autonomy course is designed for those of you who wish to have complete control of the reins of your life, who are looking to be successful, that to thrive and not just survive, to provide for your family by utilizing your existing skills and learning how to market and sell those skills in order to be your own boss or learn new skills in order to leverage that into a new career opportunity. So if there's a job out there you've been trying to get or you've been wishing you could get, but you just don't have the skills for it, the autonomy course is the place for you to start to learn how to land that position, to learn how to market yourself better, to gain confidence, and to be surrounded by a community of like-minded people that will encourage you and help you along the way. So use my affiliate links and go check out the autonomy course. It could be right for you. Uh, you know, they kind of, <laughs> I don't know. It looked, <laughs> I, don't, plain... I don't get into the whole, like the U S government was involved in, in the conspiracy, um, hands on, but I will say that there's enough evidence out there to suggest that they knew and they didn't take action. Yeah, I'll say that a plane doesn't make a missile-shaped hole in the Pentagon. That's it. <laughs> you can do what you want with that. There's no, there's no wings, no nothing. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I've heard a little bit about it. I don't know enough about that yeah. particular part of the subject. I do know I was in basic training when that happened. Oh, and wow. So, yeah. And one of the guys I was in basic training with, his fiance was a stewardess on one of those planes. Oh, she she passed away. In- yeah, the the one that went down in the field, uh, mm-hmm. was in in Pitts, in Philadelphia. Yeah, Where, is that what it was? Philadelphia. It was. It, it was, was right outside to, the Pentagon, right? It was on its way to D.C. Oh, it, went, it was uh somewhere in uh Pennsylvania. It went down. Wow, it was like outside of Philadelphia or something like that. But it was on its way to D.C. Yeah, so she was on that plane. That was the one where. All the all the passengers uh, stood up and fought back against the hijackers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, it was like well, that's at least how the story goes. Like that, the passengers stood up and started fighting the hijackers, and that's why the plane was went down when it did. It yeah, didn't, didn't make it all the way to D.C. because they were targeting the White House with that one. <laughs> well, no comment. I don't. Want... <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the nine eleven stuff is so interesting. It's just I think it's useless to really go into it, like into depth that much. It, all the incentives line up for what happened after. For what it, it, I don't know. I guess you could say pe- people with a more conspiratorial mind will say that the government had a hand in it. 
but maybe they just made the best of a of a tragedy and and capitulated on it for now 20 21 years how, how what year is it 20 years now yeah, yeah. that's possible too right you know yeah those yeah, the people aren't idiots these, well, there, these, there was a lot of money that was covered up by by those uh yeah that attack as well i mean um i don't know if you remember but they were they were investigating the pentagon for losing trillions of dollars mm-hmm. and uh they it was announced the day before 9 11. yeah i mean just i and you know i, mean, I think that the trillion the amount of trillions was like almost equal to the national debt yeah it was like they couldn't it was, account it for it was like 20 21 trillion i think it was if i remember right it was, well, it that's was a national there. debt now yeah. yeah 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 but it's it's just very convenient and then tower seven that kind of imploded on itself yeah and, that uh, was kind of weird yeah yeah the cia but, and, I, and i'm there. with you where i i think yeah it's not really valuable to to discuss 9-11 because you can't prove anything i mean mm. we know the saudis were involved in funding it but nobody cares that trump went and sucked saudi prince dick yeah i mean <laughs> You know, yeah, what's up with, what was that globe, man? That was oh, some I don't freaky know. That shit. was some weird shit, man. I want to, I want to go, I want to go play with that thing. I want to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel about a lot of this stuff. Like, it, the I guess the nine eleven route. It's interesting, not productive. Yeah, like but when I mean, a, think about all the things you can prove. That's like that's where I was going with it. Think about all the things you can prove. You yes. can tell people about MK Ultra or operation mockingbird and all these other fucking things and you're like okay all right forget about that let's look at iran contra let's just talk about that for a minute you know what i'm saying like you can say like fuck 9-11 like we don't even have to talk about that let's talk about all this other stuff that we know happened yes the guy that the guy that's calling libertarian terrorists is actually the guy who who has been training al-qaeda you know or It's it's also frustrating. But listen, man, even even Operation Mockingbird, you want to talk about that's not really a conspiracy theory at this point. No, that's there's what a, I'm saying. Like, yeah, there's M- a YouTube MK, video on it. Yeah, MK Ultra, Operation Mockingbird, Iran Contra. You can prove all these things. There's you don't even have to I can go to CIA.gov and get all the documents and read them to you. Like, <laughs> like it's like like there are documents on CIA.gov right now that they're they're like in, in 1978, the CIA's uh house intelligence uh committee uh investigating the cia and the cia is like yeah we've infiltrated about 98 percent of the media yeah but, i mean but, it's not a secret <laughs> but but tommy american idols on at 8 p.m so i mean you know They've we gotta watch that, that too <laughs> american idol has been a piece of shit show since season two at least <laughs> This is what these people are worried about, you know? Clay, Clay Aiken is a CIA opera, operative. <laughs> and, yeah, probably. Clay, Clay Aiken's a clone. I yeah, mean, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, who's, a, who's, who's, who's the mean British guy on there? MI6, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah he goes, he puts on a suit afterwards and just, just murders people. Yeah. <laughs> he is James Bond. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's where the society's at this is a complete bread and circus and it's a it's, it's kind of amazing that i don't know i feel like I'm, I'm an idiot and i'm like how do i recognize this stuff what's going on in my brain you know well because well, you're not an idiot i mean you're oh. you're a very intelligent person who's at least taking the time to to research and that's the thing 
that we all have to figure out about ourselves is is when we're looking around and we're like, oh, 95% of this country is a fucking bunch of fucking retards. Yeah. And we're a bunch of fucking autists that they, that they think are crazy. They made us this way. <laughs> they think we're fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> you made me this way with your vaccines. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, can't, I can't wait to see what pops up after these fucking <laughs> round. Yeah, like a whole whole batch of Ron Paul's you know, probably. Like you're going to have those fucking like... You're going to have this dude that's going to just fucking, like, transform into, like, the Hulk, but he's going to be black and gold. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh... by the way, I really like that Eric July uh, art you did. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that that's was one... really cool. I had that one in my head for a little while, and I'm like, I, I got to just, just got to make it happen. So one day I just, you know, bit down on my mouth guard and I finished the whole thing. I put it out. And the reception is pretty good. I'm I'm glad people liked it. Yeah, that one's cool. He liked it. He, he retweeted it. So maybe I'll. Oh, I'll did retweet. he? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, I like that guy too, man. He's he's no bullshit, you know. Yeah, I like Eric. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I've heard, I've listened to quite a quite a bit of his work. I really like listening to. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of where he's at too. Like a uh, as far as a. Uh, I mean, I'm part of the Mises Caucus. I, I'm a member. I pay dues, and you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Josh Smith and all these people. But part of me is uh, just uh, I, I grew up in the church, and I understand, uh, I understand the foundation of it and, and the framework of of what goes on there. It's very, it's 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 politics, but it's a church, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if you know it just devolves into politics again. I'm, I'm skeptical of it, but I think they're doing. They're doing good stuff, you know. That, that was a really strange way to say "fuck them ho ass roads." <laughs> exactly, man. Fuck those ho ass roads. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where I went. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's oh, cool, shit. man. Yeah, no, you know. Uh, Eric, Eric does some really good work. I, I've heard him on Pete's show a couple of times. I enjoy listening to him there. Uh, I'd love to have him on sometime. I've just, I don't know. I've never reached out to him. And uh, uh, there's quite a few guys I've never reached out to that I'm like, yeah, I'd like to talk to that guy sometime. Like Mike, Michael Rechtenwald. I would love to talk to Michael Rechtenwald. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with Michael him. Michael Rechtenwald would probably go down if I would like three hours CIA has infiltrated everything rabbit hole. Oh shit! All right, yeah. I got to get on this guy. <laughs> yeah, he wrote, he wrote the book Google Archipelago. Google, oh Google, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And basically, he goes through and he shows through documents how the CIA funded all of big big tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's something. Uh, there's some. It's not a conspiracy, but uh, the CIA had a program, and the day that that program ended, Facebook was created. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, it was called. Oh shit! I was just looking at it the other friend friend time or something like that. Yeah, something. some some bullshit like that. Yeah, it was it was something cheesy. It really puts a it nail in the coffin. Near as cool as Operation Mockingbird. <laughs> yeah, I know these people. Man, their names have really declined as of late. But their <laughs> work is tremendous. They're, they're running out of words. They're running into the Orwell problem. All right, Orwell wrote this essay back in the '40s called "Politics in the American Language." And he's thought he's just like the the entire essay is just ranting and raving about how 
the political system is ruining the English language. Yeah. And, yeah. and fucking, and, uh, it's, it's a great essay. And I just see that every time they come out with a new euphemism, I'm like, this isn't near as good as the last one you had. Yes, exactly. You know? I, I, build, over build there, build back better. Build back better just doesn't have the same ring as Patriot Act. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But that's with everything, man. Even <laughs> like even the artwork. Do you see this corporate bullshit artwork that they put? It, the MTA started that when I was riding the train. I, I saw that. It's just like uh, the shape. It's it's actually the same exact style that I used to do my artwork, which is vector. Uh, it's called like a vector technique. So it's just plots on a graph and you make shapes and layers and shit like that. That's how I do the art. But that's what these people are doing. So you'll see like a weird oval, two ovals, and that'll be this lady's long misshapen legs. And then her face is like lavender or something. You know the shit I'm talking about. And, and even kids cartoons. If you look at that, like Peppa Pig or things like that, they have two eyes on the same side of their head. It's just devolved or, or Looney Tunes, the new Looney Tunes. The artwork has devolved so low where I'm like, there has to be something to this. You're kind of trying to debase our children's brain or something. There must be something in, in the creative part of your brain that's not making it tick as much with this bullshit art that you're putting out there. That's my conspiracy theory for you. But I was going to say, I have I have a dictionary from like 1937. It's like a big one from Webster's with all the old definitions. And I have Ayn Rand's uh, lexicon over there of her definition of those political words that you're talking about. She probably yeah. went from that essay. So you don't, so you can't memory hold me unless you come and you burn my books physically. Yeah. Please don't do that CIA. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> well, not yet, but, but soon they will be. <laughs> yeah, man. No, they probably are. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I just yeah, heard a yeah. click in my ear a while ago. So. They're probably like, fuck, this is bullshit. Hang up. I don't want to hear They're this like, shit. Who's he? He's talking to a what? An artist? He's a lobster? It's, all right, go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till he has Michael Rechtenwald. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Josh Josh Smith had on a like, couple, maybe an hour ago, he had on Monica Perez, one of my favorite people. Do you know her? Yeah, she just followed me back today. I was like, hey, look, Monica yeah. found out who I was. He's badass, man. If you can get her on here, man, you guys. <laughs> oh, we probably have a lot of fun. Yeah, you'll go deep, man. She, she is great. She is. But Josh is on the list now. If he wasn't before, he's on the list now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to have him on at some point, but we never can work it out. Uh, so. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll yeah, him. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. It happens. And I'll, I'm about to change jobs, too, which is going to change all all of my podcasting schedule is gonna uh. is gonna flip my world upside down so like we're we're actually recording like a couple of weeks ahead of time right now so because oh, like, cool. i have no idea what's about to happen in my fucking schedule <laughs> right right yeah yeah i was asking you about uh dave versus goliath you say he's gonna drop much later so yeah, I it'll think... be next wednesday and then i'll and then i i recorded with ford fisher a couple of hours after that so i'll drop in yeah. on friday and you'll be the next Monday. Who did you have before Dave? I, f I forgot. The guy right before Dave. I Well, I just released an episode I did with Michael Harris. No, and that then, was it. Well, and then the, the one I'm going to release Monday is with uh, Jose. Oh, it's okay. Where he interviewed me, and I'm just going to re-release it. Uh, oh, that was well, a good you're one. Thinking of, you're thinking of John Bush. I was supposed to, I was supposed to interview John Bush the other day, 
um, we ended up having to cancel. Ah. Uh. Yeah, he scheduled me for the same day that he had his kids. So it was like, eh. I was like, dude, I understand, man. Go go hang with your kids. Like, don't worry about it. And then I was I was supposed to record with Angela McCardle a couple of days ago, and uh, she had an allergic reaction. So we're we're rescheduling as well. So, oh shit. Yeah. So it happens. That's part yeah. of it. You know, like life gets in the way. We all. She's have great lives. too, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you've yeah. never heard John Bush, man, he's really good. Um, go. Go, uh, I don't, are you on Odyssey? Uh, yeah, but I'm not as much as I should be. Well, well, check out his channel on Odyssey called The Greater Reset. Okay. Oh, yeah. I follow his, uh, that's him? I follow his yeah. his page on, uh, Telegram. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's they, John They Bush. just had a conference, right? Like, Yeah, uh, yeah, the D3 conference. And they're doing yes. a, a crypto conference tomorrow. Okay, I gotta pay attention to that then, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man, yeah. these people. Yeah, he's uh he's also I think I don't know if I, I I think he's still on Unloose the Goose. I still I think he still goes on there, which is okay. That's uh Jack Spirico. I don't know if Vin's still doing that. John Bush was doing it. Pete was doing it, and they were all like collaborated together. It was a really nice lineup. Right, Jack Spirico's the survivalist guy, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I've I've listened to some of his stuff, man. Yeah, that guy makes me feel like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm so far behind. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the the only and this is we'll we'll wrap up with this topic because we're over an hour now. So we'll just OK, you know, we're, we've been we've been doing a lot of bullshitting and people <laughs> are going to enjoy it. Well, everybody's getting to know you a little bit better, man. And that's cool. You know, uh, that's unfortunate for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let me ask you a little bit more about the art real quick. So do you. Do you hand draw and then like scan it into a computer and then work with it from there? How do you do that? The camera that I'm using right now is from my iPad Pro and I have a I have a program on there that's similar to Photoshop. It's called Affinity Designer. So I just basically draw on there. I draw on that, add color, layers, textures, uh, pixel layers, which is the shading and things like that. And th the great thing about uh, doing digital art. I, I, I always did like painting or black and white color pencil, charcoal shit. When you do it on paper, it's kind of like you can erase, but you're leaving marks and you kind of, you should get it right the first time. Right. Digital art, you got a hundred, you got a million tries. You know, it's really hard to fuck it up. If you, if you have the creativity or the mind for it, you can, you can really do this. So that's what I do. Digital art. I export the file to whatever size the client needs and there you go. So, so are you, but are you drawing it by hand on your, on the yeah. screen? Yeah. I have a pencil. It's oh, that's, a, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll post on Twitter. I'll tag you in it. There's a, there's a way where you can see all of my pencil markings rather than the colors that are presented in the final, the final sketch. So I'll, I'll, you'll see it, there's like a million lines going everywhere and there's a lot of layers that create what you see. Otherwise it would just be kind of just jumbled shapes. You know, yeah. that's that's the style that I, I'll, I'll show you guys. It's well, uh, well, it's interesting to me because my uh, my eldest son, he's really into like anime and, and doing like anime. He like creates art. He was in art school for like a year, um, ended up couldn't uh, losing the scholarship for whatever reason, couldn't afford it. I don't know what all happened there. He he was just like, I'm going to go to community college now because I can't afford to pay for art school anymore. And I was like, OK. Like, Man, it sucks. Yeah. 
but you know, you don't really need it. I, I went to art school for a long time too. I was in a, for a junior high school, I was in some kind of specialty program for art. And then I did more shit like that. But those people at the time, at least, I don't know what's like now, they kind of hindered your art. So I was into anime back then in junior high school. That was maybe 20 years ago or something like that. And the people at the time wanted abstract art. So all the shit that I was doing, which was like real, like photorealism, or you see what I do, like if I, I'm looking at you right now and, and the shading on your face is kind of interesting. I'm like, I want to draw that. They weren't interested in that. They wanted me to do a still life or uh, some kind of weird shit. And it's like that, that wasn't really in me that I, it wasn't coming out in my hand, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So they were grading me on a curve where I was drawing, like I, I'm influenced by, I guess, like the old Roman art sculpture stuff, the human body and, and shit like that. I really love that. That wasn't, in, it wasn't popular at the time. So I, I, I got some stuff from art school, but not, not as much because there was a bias but that's i guess that's public school in general right homeschool your kids yeah you know? yeah what i just heard is i got tired of drawing big black dick that's what i <laughs> all day long every day big black dick curve this way curve that way i say the fuck guys <laughs> there's some variation in there yeah yeah that's what it was man they 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 crush your creativity so yeah whatever yeah yeah you well, should you should get your son into you know if, if he can learn the program if he has patience to learn the program that's where i think that's where the future of art is a lot of digital art people are doing nfts whatever that is but I it's a good skill to learn i don't know what art he's doing right now he hadn't he hadn't sent me anything in quite a while but i know he's working at a head shop and uh you know which you know go son you know yeah man make sell, make your money sell that cbd and fucking those pipes and you know tobacco yeah. pipes because we're in texas um <laughs> and you and you want me to move there how dare you <laughs> right <laughs> we need somebody to, to flip this law on and say that's what i'm looking for <laughs> yeah 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 no, definitely malice is moving here i yeah i saw he his dream is to own a townhouse if you're in watching Austin. malice yeah it's, it's overrated <laughs> he's a yeah, he's a he lives in williamsburg in over here but every time i drive by there i'm like I fucking hate this place but you know it's not <laughs> it's not for everybody i guess <laughs> he's an interesting guy he's an it's interesting gonna, guy it's gonna be even worse because malice is gonna be gone so yeah exactly now you have like just the most interesting person that was living here is gone right now it's just you hippies walking your dogs <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these fucking people, man. Hey. All right, man. Well, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. All right. Yeah. If you're going to play this game of pick and choose, well, it's a game that was made for you to lose. It doesn't really matter how many times. It's the same old worn-out story, same old lines.
and taxes Four more years of them grinding down their axes And that's why I say fuck them, don't feed them Cause we don't even need them I never celebrate the towns that are taking our freedom Yeah, fuck them, don't feed them Cause we don't even need them I never